Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Turn down for what? It's episode number 70 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most jubilant Eric Roberts related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as usual is the mayor of Flavortown, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? I'm pretty good, Doug. Liam, the weather hasn't been that great in the part of Pennsylvania in which you live lately. Um, no, there was last week there was this like, I don't know what the fuck they called it, like a snow geostorm. Yeah, there was a fucking geostorm. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it was like it went from zero to six. I've I, I've never seen. You probably get this in Canada all the time because it's uh-huh. a health, hellscape of winter terribleness. But yeah, down here we get normal snowstorms, and this was like a zero to sixty snowstorm. I've never seen anything like it. And then it snowed yesterday, but you we kind of knew that was coming. And it was kind of nice. It it was pleasant. It was a pleasant day off. Now you got you like you just mentioned. You had a day off, so you got to spend it with your lovely wife and your daughter. What did you all do together when you're all inside the house, all elbow to elbow? What do you do on a day off like that, Liam? Well, she is just old enough to be moving around, but not old enough to really understand playing. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of her picking things up and trying to eat them, or uh, just running around. Or climbing on the things that you're not sure if you wanted to climb up on. And she's really into right now, like finding something and then handing it to you or or pretending to hand it to you and then pulling it away. She thinks that's really funny. Now, your young daughter, Liam, what is her thoughts on Eric Roberts? Um, I think she's a fan. I don't know. I I, I don't want to push her on it, but I, I think she's leaning that way. When you sit down to record, does she ever reach her hand out and be like, Tata, no. No, no, Tata. <laughs> no. no. No? Well, how about how about your lovely wife? Does she ever get a little upset about you recording this podcast, Liam? Well, I think she's supportive of uh, me doing it with you because, mm. you know, you'd be kind of lost without me and you mm. don't really have your shit together. All and right, shut up. Shut up. You got to shut up. up now, time. Sh- uh, shut up. Today's guest is a writer for Film School Rejects and co-host of the In the Mouth of Dorkness podcast. It's Brad Gullickson. How you doing, Brad? I am doing great now that I'm finally here. Brad, it's really great to have you on. You know, Brad, you are quite a writer. I'm a big fan of your writing. And you also get to interview a lot of famous people. Brad, who have you been talking to lately? Uh, I just got off the phone with Eric Bana. He's uh, doing promotions for his new film, The Forgiven. And yesterday I talked to Jim Gaffigan for the Chappaquiddick movie that's coming out. See? you it, you're, you're, it you know, just recently, they had the Academy Awards. It's the night that the stars come out to shine. But it seems like the stars shine in your ear every day, Brad. Yeah, it's kind of surreal, to be honest, <laughs> to be speaking to the Hulk. That's a dream come true. That is pretty cool. Chopper himself, I would say. <laughs> no, Brad... he's Angley's Hulk. <laughs> you wouldn't like him when he's angry. Brad, you're here on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast. Talking yes. about Eric Roberts, an actor that I, my understanding is that you are an expert on the work and life of Eric Roberts. I thought I was until I started listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but I am certainly a fan of Eric Roberts ever since, uh, you know, I saw Best of the Best as a child. Is that it? Was that your first experience with Eric Roberts, the Best of the Best movie? It most certainly was, yes. And what, what when you think of Eric Roberts, when you picture his lovely face in your head, What's the first movie that comes to your mind that isn't best of the best? Uh, The Ambulance, the Larry Mm -hmm. Cohen movie. Uh, The way he says the word drugs (laughs) in that film is like my favorite thing on the planet. Uh, And it is constantly running in my mind. Well, have you ever got to talk to the director, Larry Cohen, the director of The Ambulance? I actually, yeah. uh, Last year uh, for Fantastic Fest, I talked to him for his uh, documentary. Um which is called King Cohen. Yes, yes. King Cohen. He's super rad. Yeah, and Liam Liam saw King Cohen. Isn't that right, Liam? I sure did. Give it a, a star rating out of 10, Liam. <laughs> out of 10? Uh-huh. Uh, 8.5. Well, ha- now I want you to, out of 10, Mark, uh, our lunch with Larry Cohen and Eric Roberts, rank that out of 10. Uh, uh, 
I'll go with 9.5. 9.5? How, <laughs> what could have pushed that over to the edge for you? Uh, if we had been able to engage Larry Cohen in conversation. Well, Brad, who is yeah. uh, has a lot of experience interviewing famous people, was able to engage Larry Cohen in a way that you were not with your weird eating habits, Liam. <laughs> My weird? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Brad, who's the most interesting person you've ever interviewed? Um, hmm. well, my favorite interview, uh, was an in-person one with, uh, Bruce Greenwood and Carla Gugino. Uh, I'm in love with them both. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to break eye contact, uh, even when it was time for me to leave. So are you still with them now? (laughs) Did you decide (laughs) to stick around? I've, I've been trying to make that happen, but no, I eventually got kicked out of the hotel room. Was it just because they're so there's a beautiful woman and a handsome actor? Is it just hard to escape from that because of the magnetic presence of the two of them? I, I think so. I think so. You know, um, Bruce Greenwood, his eyes are very steely. They're magnetic. Uh, and you just assume once you fall under their beam that there's a genuine chemistry between you two. And uh turns out not the case. Well, did you know? That Bruce Greenwood is Canadian. So maybe that explains your kind of mutual magnetic attraction to each other. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could be. Who's your favorite Canadian, Brad? Uh, Martin Short. Boom. That's interesting. Liam, do you hate Martin Short? No. Why would I hate Martin Short? Some people, they find him a little grating. Some people have some difficulty with Martin Short. They find him a little much, I think. Actually, I, mean- I lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not Martin Short. It's William Shatner. I'm a m- massive Trekkie. I've got to I've got to go with the Shat. All right. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to hold you to it. I don't think anyone no. was going to get upset. But I like the fact that you are accurate. Sorry, Liam. You were saying about how much you dislike Martin Short. <laughs> I don't have an issue with Martin Short. Well, what do you what do you like about Martin Short? Tell me your favorite Martin Short movie appearance. Movie appearance. Is it Clifford? <laughs> that's a that's a correct answer. I think. <laughs> no, it's probably not that. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, actually. Okay. Well, can you name any <laughs> Martin Short appearances? Yeah, I mean... Um, <clears throat> Inner Space and The Three Amigos? Yeah, I mean, I like The Three Amigos. Um, uh, he, Three Fugitives? <laughs> I actually don't mind that. I, I guess probably the reason people find him over the top is the ridiculous character with the pointy hair. Ed Grimley. I kind of grew up with that, though, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really bum me out. He had a cartoon show that Ed Grimley. Do you remember that, Liam? Yeah, I watched it. You watched it? What'd you think of it? Uh, at the time, I liked it. Now, can okay, we're going to move on to the Roberts Report in just a second, Liam. But before we do, we all have to do our Ed Grimley impressions, starting with you, oh, Liam. No. no, no, that's not a thing. Come on, Liam, I must say. How about that? That's pretty good. <laughs> no. I'm that's def- pretty good. That, not only am I not going to do that, but you're not going to do that. What do you think, Brad? Uh, you know, that's pretty good, but uh, no way you're getting me involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> Brad knows when there's a microphone right in front of him that he's just not going to do something like that. Something that will be captured for all eternity or as long as I pay for the hosting for the website. <laughs> Liam, I think it's time for us to talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on the Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 70 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show recently was the Academy Awards, the night the stars come out to shine. Uh, and it was uh, it was notable for being maybe not so notable, depending on what your perspective is, but uh, a lot of interesting winners if you're a fan of genre movies. And we're going to talk about the award show in just a second, but I want to mention that on March 6th, Eric Roberts posted a photo of himself, him and uh, his lovely wife, Eliza, attending the Vanity Fair party that took place on Oscar night. Nice to see Eric uh, up and around after his recent, I believe he had hip surgery, though that's hard to believe since he is standing up on it. I do want to point out to the both of you that Eric Roberts was posting a photo of himself and his wife, uh, but managed to only post a very low resolution version of it on his Twitter feed (laughs) to the point that it's very difficult to tell what the photo is of at all. Starting with you, Liam, you don't like the Academy Awards that's well established on Eric Roberts as the fucking man. However, did you watch any of this year's ceremony? Oh, no, I did not even try to. Well, that was on Sunday, right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 
Yeah, I mean, I I definitely logged in on Monday to find out who won what, but no, watching isn't really an option. Eric was also live tweeting the awards ceremony on March 4th. He wrote, Best Supporting Actress, Toughest Category Ever, Every One of Them, Fantastic. Brad, going over to you, did you watch the ceremony? I watch it every year. I love the Academy Awards. Me too. I look forward to it all year. I understand the uh, difficulty that Liam and others have with it, the very idea of pitting this uh, these art forms against each other and these actors. There is something a little distasteful about the whole idea. That said, I love all the great stuff about the Academy Awards, and I love the awful stuff even more. Uh, to me, it's just a really celebratory thing, and it's literally the only award show I ever watch. So to me, it's something I still enjoy. What did you think of the ceremony, Brad? I thought the ceremony was fine. I think Kimmel's doing an okay job uh, at hosting. Um, I think coming off of last year, it was bound to be uh, less dramatic. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I I had a good time with it. What did you think of the Best Picture winner? Now, uh, anyone listening to this many years in the future, the winner of Best Picture was The Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Brad, were you happy to hear that? Yeah, I love Del Toro, and I and I really enjoyed uh, the Shape of Water. Uh, you know, I I think it, it it I never thought Del Toro would get the acclaim that mm-hmm. he's received for this movie, and uh, it's it's nice to see the guy who uh, made the bless the best Blade movie That's uh, get some gold. Liam Guillermo Del Toro, what's his best movie and what's his worst movie? Oh. Ooh, ah. Really setting me up for some vitriol here. Um, uh huh. <laughs> I actually, I really love The Shape of Water. Um, it might be tied for uh, Kronos for mm. my favorite uh, Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, with, I mean, but Pan's Labyrinth is right up in there. Like between those three, <laughs> it's Edge hard your bets to there, Liam. <laughs> well, no, I'm just being honest. Like those are the three that really stand out to me. Whereas, um, uh, again, people are gonna get mad at me, but uh, uh, Hellboy 2 or uh, Pacific Rim are movies yes. that I really enjoy, but I they're not my favorites. Well, people are gonna be upset about that, and Ooh. rightfully so. You don't like Hellboy 2, you, do you not like it more? I should say, let me rephrase that. Do you like it less than you like the first Hellboy? Uh, I definitely like it less than I like the first Hellboy without even a fair comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be, but I would say that Blade 2, uh, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, Pacific Rim, these are my fun Guillermo del Toro movies, whereas some of the other films connect with me more on an emotional level that it's, I'm always going to value that more than, um, just like movies that are fun for me. That's interesting, Liam. Please, Brad. I, I agree. I agree. I think Hellboy 2 is, is my least favorite Del Toro film. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, because the Brad source material, the, the, the comics are so superior to yep. what Del Toro does in those films. They're beautiful, and the artistry uh, and the practical effects and the creature designs are gorgeous, but the story is just not there for me. All right. Well, well and, and they lack, of all the directors to excise a lot of the horror from Hellboy, mm-hmm. I would not have expected Del Toro to be that director. And yet somehow that happens in both movies, that they're they're definitely dark, but they lack some of the, like, edge of the comic books. And the I, think I think in some ways yeah. he brings a little too much of himself to that material. It's going to be interesting to see what this new adaptation is like. I know there's kind of a lot of hard feelings with people who thought that uh, Mignola and, and Del Toro were sort of like this perfect melding of minds. Yeah. <laughs> eh. Back on March 2nd, Eric Roberts wrote on Twitter, love this guy at Nick Swardson. Now, Liam, we saw Nick Swardson in the movie After School Special. Uh, I think we both agreed that he was one of the better parts of a movie that was completely fucking terrible. Uh, what are your thoughts again on Nick Swardson, uh, Liam? Can you repeat those to me again? Um, He's hit or miss. Sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he's super grating and annoying. Kind of mm. how some people feel about Martin Short. Oh, that's oh, he is he's a modern day Martin Short is what you're trying to say. Uh, no, Brad Nick Swardson, yay or nay? Uh, meh. Back on February 28th, Eric Roberts wrote on his Twitter feed, "I heard a beautiful story of human compassion today, and it prompted this quote: Friends don't let friends die poor. Starting with you, Brad, do friends let friends die poor? 
I'm in the process of dying poor, so mm-hmm. uh, you, you guys need to uh, ship me some cash. <laughs> so, well, I'm in Canada. That cash isn't going to be very valuable, unfortunately. <laughs> Liam, do friends let friends die poor? Uh, yeah, I think they let them do that all the time if they are also poor and can't do anything about it. I think <clears throat> the, what a quote like this lacks is uh, pointing <laughs> out that friends who have money shouldn't let friends die poor. But uh, if we're both poor, I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking do about it. Well, I remember seeing in a movie that no man is poor who has friends. That sounds like a lie. Actually, now that I say it, it does kind of sound like a lie. Liam, Lord of the Dance creator Michael Flatley in Blackbird. First look image. This is from ScreenDaily.com. We got our first look at Michael Flatley in his upcoming directorial debut, Blackbird. Now, longtime listeners of the show will know about Blackbird. It's a romantic spy thriller which is financed, starring, and directed by the Lord of the Dance, Michael Flatley. And it features Eric Roberts... Uh, as a sinister businessman who is, I guess, the villain of the film, and they were filming in the Barbados uh, in Barbados fairly recently. Brad, are you fascinated with the idea of Michael Flatley, film star? No, I find him incredibly creepy. Now, why is that? Uh, the whole Lord of the Dance thing, you know, the how the way the the legs move and the the torso doesn't. It's mm. it's unsettling. Irish step dancing, creepy, says Brad Gullickson. Brad, mm-hmm. how are you at dancing? Uh, I am atrocious. Uh-huh. I've danced once, and it was at my wedding. Right, and what kind of dance was that? It was a spin over oh. and over. <laughs> Classic dancing, I like to say. What were the What were the surrounding people? What were their reaction to your spinning? Uh, some got woozy, mm-hmm. and uh, others hung their head low. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that look, Liam. Lord of the Dance, are you looking forward to Blackbird? I mean, we're obligated to watch it because of our blood oath. Uh-huh, but, we are. Um, That's true. Beyond that expectation, no. I mean, I I unfortunately have watched Lord of the Dance a number of times. Why is uh, this? Because, now, please, please elaborate on why that is. Uh, my mom is stoked on Irish things. Oh. She's into Irish stuff. Fiddly potato. So, so when uh, then. Uh, what so what but it wasn't called lord of the dance it was called river dance or something like that right or that's right river the dance. first one yeah, yeah yeah well we watched the first one and the second one so i've seen them both and like i'm kind of okay with irish stuff but uh but nothing about it endeared him particularly to me especially not as an actor right uh, and i'm kind of confused as to why the fact that he can kick his legs and shit means he should be acting and directing i'm not really sure about that Listeners, if you'd like us to have Liam's mother on to talk about Blackbird nope. once it's released, please nope. let us know on Twitter. Now, why is that, Liam? You nope. seem very negative to this idea. I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? She likes Ireland. She likes <laughs> the Irish. And who's more Irish than Michael Flatley? Oh, God. What? <laughs> um, no, I just don't know. But hey, what's next on the thing? Hollywood actor Eric Roberts hey, shakes on that, that, star in local film. Don't take over. Hollywood <laughs> actor Eric Roberts shakes on it, slated to star in local film. This is about Eric Roberts, the actor, uh, being featured in a Jamaican film called So Enticingly, a love crime movie. And uh, we also have an article which is five questions with Hollywood star Eric Roberts from a newspaper in Jamaica. And we have a little bit of interesting information that you were probably curious about, Liam. Like, how familiar is Eric Roberts with reggae music, Liam? Now, how would you, how, would you guess that he's a big fan of reggae music? Actually, from spending time with him, I would have thought he was a big, big fan. Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, there was a point. People forget this because it, it went away pr- kind of quickly. But there was a point where a lot of Americans were kind of stoked on reggae. There was like a, there was like a moment. And I, by that, I don't mean uh, college students putting up Bob Marley posters. But but that like right when Marley was like getting big, uh, there was this idea that reggae was going to take over as a as a worldwide phenomena. And then uh, and then that didn't happen. It just yeah. Went away. Remember, Adrian Brody was on SNL and he did his Rasta Man character. And I think that that is the peak moment of reggae in the United States, and it's been all downhill since then. Oh my God! Point is, is that I think <laughs> I think Eric Roberts is the kind of dude that would have been stoked on reggae, but he he seems pretty clear right here that it's it's not something he's about. He says, "All I know with reggae music is, of course, Bob Marley. That's where I stop and start." Brad, reggae music? Are you a fan? 
Uh, no, I'm with Eric Roberts on this one. Mm-hmm. Now, Brad, what are your thoughts on punk music? Uh, you know, I like I like a good uh, good punk song. Oh well, now I'm going to ask you who some of your favorite punk artists are, and as you say oh, each boy. one, Liam, I want you to react either or huh. Uh, I'm going to go with, of course, the Ramones and the Clash, um, but I also really like television. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Liam, the Misfits. I like the, the Misfits. A post Danzig Misfits. Uh, yeah, post Danzig. Danzig. I like the Michael Graves era, actually. Republican Michael uh, Graves. <laughs> I was really, st- I was really stoked to just like not be judgmental and just throw off all of Doug's assumptions of me as a human. But then you said that, and now I, I'm, I'm just filled with all this judgment. I'm not even. And what's funny about it is it's not even like a wolf. It's not dancing because dancing misfits is just uh, rapey pop punk anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you take away dancing, and it's rapey pop punk with a Republican singing. It's like just not great. Either way, bring yeah, you your judgment. I did just see Danzig perform with Jerry only at the MGM Grand in January. I heard that the, their performances have actually been really good, and I would go if the tickets weren't fucking three hundred dollars. Just they, to like for they the were expensive. Yeah, the Jersey one is so ridiculously expensive to see the Misfits. Like I, I can't even handle it. I think you'd rather see the Misfits from the Jim and the Holograms cartoon show, Liam. I do like Jim and the Holograms. And, and, misfits, and, the, and misfits, the Misfits do claim that their songs are better, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eric has asked in this interview, what's it like to always be on the road working? And what does it make being at home feel like? And Eric responds, staying home becomes your vacations. It's like, oh, I'm home. And you're with the animals and in the wildlife. And you eat the same old food with the same old vistas. We have lots of animals, horses, sheep. Cats and dogs does not mention the squirrels here, but I'm sure he was thinking of them. And we just want to—I just want to mention before we move on—he does give a little bonus information here. They ask, "What advice can you give to Hollywood aspirants trying to break into the industry with its doors wide open?" What an oddly stated question. He says, "I've already given the best advice possible. Treat everybody like they're going to be your boss next week because they could be. They really could be. It's not a joke. It's serious. They could be your boss next week. So act like it." Treat everybody with respect and common courtesy. Some nice words there from Eric Roberts. Brad, how come you've never interviewed Eric Roberts? I am waiting. I am waiting for Eric Roberts to enter my life. That uh, would be an absolute highlight. Well, only time will tell. You guys got to make that happen. Well, we do have uh, we have the hookup. <laughs> he he actually I think he owes us a couple, so I'm sure he won't possibly say no to us. Oh, good, we want to give some uh, some quick shout outs here. Uh, first to the Bobby Roberts Project. We had the uh, the creators of the Bobby Roberts Project on an episode recently. They recently had their premiere of their uh, short film at uh, in Chicago, and we look forward in the very near future for people to get to check that out. We also want to give a big shout out to friend of the show, Ryan Prowse, whose film Low Life, one of my favorite movies of 2017, is coming to theaters and VOD in the U.S. on April 6th through uh, from IFC Midnight here in the United States. So look for that in theaters. It really is a wonderful theatrical experience. Or check it out on VOD. And when you do, let us know, because I like to see people's response to Low Life. Liam, I know you're a big fan. I do. I really love it. And Ryan's a good guy. I have a I have a pretty serious crush on him. What do you think, Liam? Uh, I think he's really great, and I uh, I need to get it together to get him on Cinepunks. Recently added to the ever expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2018's MMA, directed by the legendary Conan Lee, uh, who you might know from Ninja and the Dragons Den and from the uh, the movie Eliminators. Uh, the uh, uh, action movie from the mid-80s. Uh, now, for those who've never seen Eliminators before, it has a very lurid, very amazing cover where it has this robot tank man on it. Uh, and it is sort of, a, a, I guess, A-team-ish. It's, it's really based around this kind of uh, grouping. A lot of movies in the 80s were like this, a grouping of different action stars uh, who all have their own specialties. So there's the Asian ninja guy and there's uh, a kick-ass woman and there's the, you know, and so there's all these people with different specialties and this one had a robot man in it. I think he was a man Borg, in fact. Well, Doug, did you did you ever see that documentary? Um, 
celluloid wizards in the VHS wasteland. I, or I, I, I haven't yet. You know, I, for the, some people might know this. I was actually putting together a, a series of videos on the history of Empire Pictures uh, for dorkshelf.com, except I stopped doing it because no one gave a shit about those videos. And also there was a whole documentary about it that I've yet to see. Uh, you have something to add about that, Liam? Yeah, so at a screening, uh, they had the guy who made that movie, and they showed part of his movie that dealt with uh, this. Uh, wait, is it the Exterminators, right? Uh, the Eliminators. Eliminators, and uh, the person who sort of made the Eliminators was talking about how he was inspired by the Avengers. He felt Uh-oh. like the Avengers was like all the characters who couldn't support a solo comic on their own so they're all drawn into this like team mashup of different character traits and different powers and he's like i wanted to make a version of that but obviously i couldn't get the rights to the avengers (laughs) so this was my version i uh i watched the uh, eliminators endlessly as a kid because i love that vhs box so much it's not a great movie but i find it even now very very entertaining brad have you ever seen eliminators Nope, going to have to put it on the list. Got to put it on the list. The lists are getting longer and longer in 2018. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. So MMA is a semi-autobiographical tale about an action star who is more than willing to put his career on hold to care for his ailing mother. He sees the sacrifice as a simple gesture of gratitude, happy to give back to the woman who gave him everything. And this uh, movie features Eric Roberts as the, the cleverly named Dr. Roberts, as well as uh, Supremes member of the musical group, the Supremes, Mary Wilson, as well as Frida Payne, who is the sister of one of the other members of the Supremes. So I don't know what the hell is going on with this plot, but it is called MMA, uh, not to be confused with the other MMA movie from 2018 that Eric Roberts was in that featured Lee Majors uh, and is uh, uh, faith-based and also has Fred Williamson in it. But uh, Liam, are we going to see uh, MMA? Oh, we definitely are. Now, why is that? Because uh, we took a blood oath. We did take a blood oath to watch the life and works of actor Eric Roberts. Now, we're going to take our first break in just a moment. But before we do, I need our guest, Brad Gullickson, to tell us what movie are we watching today? We're watching Self Storage. Self Storage from 2013, directed, written, and starring Tom DiNucci, uh, who gave us a, uh, uh, <laughs> he, he reached out via Twitter to say that he hopes we enjoy his movie. And hey, I hope we all enjoyed it as well. I guess we'll find out if we did right after this first break. We're going to be talking about self-storage. Join us just after this. Friends of a night watchman at a highly secured self-storage facility are home from college and looking to party. It's self-storage from the year 2013, directed, written, and starring Tom DiNucci, uh, actually a very prolific actor and also a fairly prolific director. He has a film uh, currently in pre-production called Vault, but just in the last couple of years, he has directed Saving Christmas, Almost Mercy, Army of the Damned. Self-storage was actually his First film, and when I actually tagged him on Twitter, he had this to say. He says, Thanks for checking out my directorial debut. Had a blast making this movie, and it will always be close to my heart. Now, uh, Tom was also the director of 2016's Arlo, The Burping Pig. And this is a film, Liam, that stars Joey Lawrence. Joey Lawrence from the Blossom television show. As well as Jonathan Lipnicki, the child star. And uh, horror star Bill Mosley is a character named Ernie Dorco. Uh, And I guess it also involves a, uh, let's see, the the plot says a seven-year-old girl befriends a teacup pig named Arlo, voiced by Drake Bell. And I guess he burps a lot. Liam, Joey Lawrence, are you a fan? 
uh, <clears throat> of his music or his acting? Oh, that's a great question. Let's say let's say acting. <laughs> no. Music? No. <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Um, when I was a kid, I had a I had a big crush on uh, Blossom, but oh man, oh. has that not worked out? Why is that now? Why? Why? Now I know you're a big fan of the Big Bang Theory, where Mayim Bialik nope, is no, no, no. Nope. I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> no, no, definitely. <laughs> is not. it is it because of her anti-vaccination views? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like I already was like hating on her because she's an anti-vaxxer, and someone's like, I was like, what does she even do for work? And so, oh, she's on Big Bang Theory. I'm like, God, total loss. No, thank you. You know, the older brother on Blossom. Was a in that in that show he played a, a recovering drug addict, uh, and he ended up quitting that show to become a writer on the Conan O'Brien show when it first started. And I I uh, remember reading an interview where he said that it, it's the biggest regret in his entire life that he did that because it basically completely destroyed his acting career, which I only know him from that and the movie Freaked with Alex Winter, Liam. Oh, but Freaked is great. Freaked is great. Brad, tell me your thoughts on the great Joey. Whoa, Lawrence. I mean, that's what I was going to do. I was just going to go, whoa, whoa. Liam, let's whoa. hear whoa. Whoa. Mm, nope. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do Ed Grimley, but I could do a hell of a good uh, it's a great Joey whoa. Lawrence. It's a terrific whoa. <laughs> you know who I liked on that Blossom show, uh, Liam, is uh, Six. Remember Six? Six was the best. Six. I, she, uh, Jenna Van Oy, I think her name was. And uh, I still, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big Six fan what do you think yeah that's cool she she had a lot of characters she was fun did she do anything else i don't know yeah, me <laughs> I don't, either i guess that's one of those things we could look up on the internet but we don't have time we need to talk about self-storage from the year 2013 now this has a all-star cast including uh eric roberts is a character named walter the great michael berryman from the hills have eyes and a number of other horror films as trevor jonathan silverman johnny silverman is back he plays jonah and he's a producer of this movie, and as I mentioned before, Tom Danucci is here as well, uh, and some other actors that you probably don't recognize. However, there is a brief appearance from wrestler Tommy Dreamer, who was also in a bet's a bet, the directorial uh, film of Jonathan Silverman. Liam, it's all connecting up together. But before we get into the nitty gritty, I really want to get your general thoughts on the movie, and I want to start with our guest, Brad. What did you think of 2013's Self Storage? I had a good time with it. Um, I appreciated, of course, Eric Roberts, and I love Michael Berryman. And mm. I thought, uh, you know, Silverman can snort cocaine better than anybody else in cinema. He snorts a lot of cocaine in this movie. So much. Uh, and I actually, I thought uh, Tom DiNucci, he had like a a Stamos vibe to him that, Ooh, uh, that I, could I see also that. appreciated. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a trashy movie, but it's it's a it's a fun trashy movie. It's an interesting mix because it's sort of half horror movie and half sex comedy right. and the pieces sort of interact sort of uncomfortably at times because tonally it's it's a little up and down and then it kind of gets particularly serious in the last 20 minutes. You know, it sort of asks us to like these characters because they're kind of sexy and funny and then they start killing them off in gruesome ways. But uh, let's get an idea, Liam, of your thoughts on the movie. And in fact, we're going to switch it up a little bit this time. Tell me, Liam, two good things about this movie and then two things that you didn't much care for. Um, two good things would be Michael Berryman is one. Um, I really enjoyed him in this film, and as I tend to enjoy him. Um, I won't say Eric Roberts for number two, just ah, not good. because not because he was bad, but because that's we're going to talk about him anyway. We so will I feel talk like, about him. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me think here. What was another thing I liked about the movie? <laughs> uh, I mean, I do kind of like the uh, the idea that my man doesn't just live at the fucking self-storage place where he's a security guard, but that he lives in a boat at the self-storage place, mm -hmm, which, mm -hmm. like, is just an extra level of weird and ridiculous. So, I don't know. I kind of appreciated that. I thought that was a fun a fun move. Um, yeah, that's about that. That probably covers it. Now, how about two things you didn't much care for? Um, his friend and everything his friend is and represents, I didn't really like. Mm -hmm. No, no. Describe uh, his friend just for listeners who almost certainly have not seen the movie. He's got this 
uh, road out sort of like fake hip hop friend mm-hmm. who is a misogynist and just wants yeah. to party and ends up having sex with not one but two women two in women. the film in very awkward sex scenes um, that are not <laughs> sexy at all. Uh, and he's not attractive. He's, in fact, uh, bordering on fugly. And yet we're supposed to accept that because he's mean and has a chin strap that he can just get all these ladies. He's got and that swagger, Liam. Swagger. It, yeah, it's it's we it's just a weird thing that I didn't much enjoy. What's another um, thing, Liam? Um, I, I, well, the, I mean, we're gonna talk about this too, but the the ending didn't really work <laughs> oh, for me. Yeah. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> the ending for <laughs> right before we started recording this uh, segment, Liam had to be reminded of what the ending was. <laughs> so he's just recently been reminded that he didn't much care for it. Let me elaborate on the plot of self storage a little bit, to the best of my ability, at the very least. So this, uh, our lead character, Tom Danucci, he plays Jake. He works as a security guard in a self-storage unit, as it mentioned uh, in the description before. I guess it, it has pretty good security. It looks, it must be very, very large because people screaming their head off can't be heard by people somewhat near, nearby. So he works at this place, uh, and it's owned and run by Eric Roberts. The other security guard there is played by Michael Berryman. Uh, he's playing a character named Trevor. Now, Walter, played by Eric Roberts, and Trevor, I guess they were in Vietnam together. Do you think that's right, Liam? Some sort of military action together. Yeah, something. Okay. So they were in military action together, so they have a really tight relationship. But they're also kidnapping people, women, in order to harvest their organs uh, for reasons that I'm not sure I fully understand. But they sell them on the black market. And they have set up, by kidnapping a number of these people and keeping them kind of in this secret storage unit, they have set up this kind of big score. And they're going to retire afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> our lead character Jake for some reason there's also like an acid bath that's set up in this location <laughs> he accidentally destroys all of these bodies and uh, he doesn't know any of this is going on he has this big party with all of his friends at the storage unit because he thinks he's about to get fired and let go because they're going to close the place down but uh, because now they don't have all these organs available in one night Michael Berryman and Eric Roberts have to kill his friends and him in order to harvest their organs to have ready for a group of thugs led by Jonathan Silverman who are going to be arriving in the morning. Hey, I did a pretty good job on that summary, all things considered. Uh, I want to turn back to you for a second, Brad. I didn't ask you, what are two things you didn't much care for in this movie? Well, what immediately jumps to mind is the vomit sequences were too much for me. Ooh, I can't yes. handle vomit. I saw some and noodles in there, too. It wasn't very yeah, pleasant to look at. It's, it was unpleasant. Uh, perfectly the perfect word for it um so yeah i could do without those um and uh let's see not well you know uh i i i i don't understand why you would have a security guard if you and your buddy were also harvesting organs out of this same location if you were kidnapping women holding them hostage in these storage containers why would you also want a random security guard hanging out on the premises i don't know why you need two full-time security guards yeah seems a little excessive for just storage units that are apparently in the middle of nowhere uh it also it's hard to understand totally the motivation between our villainous characters in this movie like they there is some suggestion that that Eric Roberts' character has saved Michael Berryman's life by giving him an organ transplant, uh, and that's why he feels loyal, loyal to him. But there is some nuance to the Michael Berryman character. So let's talk about Michael Berryman. For, uh, for listeners who don't know who this actor is, you probably do know what he looks like or have some kind of semblance of that because he's an incredibly distinctive-looking actor. How would you describe Michael Berryman, Liam? Well... <sighs> That's an interesting question because I don't want to be offensive. Uh, I understand. Yeah, I mean he's very tall. He's bald. He looks somewhat otherworldly and imposing. Uh huh. <laughs> I you know what I mean? Like I I don't I don't you know trying to avoid saying gremlin. Um, oh my! But he's definitely a large gentleman. You know, he, he he's he's he has a unique look that he's definitely made a career out of. He was born with hypohydrotic uh, echodermal dis- dysplasia, Liam, uh, and that's that is why he has a distinct look because he has no sweat glands, hair, fingernails, or teeth. He has no teeth. Apparently, he has no teeth, so I guess he's wearing falsies. 
Wow. No, I didn't know that. I, I you know, I knew he looked unlike other people look, but I wasn't oh, aware that it was part of a condition. <laughs> Michael Berryman, of course, best known for The Hills Have Eyes, the classic Wes Craven horror movie where he is a member of a family of mutants who live up in the mountains. Uh, and his distinctive look was uh, used on the poster. I think that's probably still the role that he's most connected with. I remember him from the uh, 80s comedy Weird Science where he shows up near the end. But really throughout the 80s, he was in a lot of different horror properties. He was kind of one of those uh, very visible horror actors. Brad, do you have a favorite Michael Berryman performance? Well, I mean, you mentioned Hills Have Eyes already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I actually also really liked him in uh, uh, the Rob Zombie Devil's Rejects film. Mm, very much so. And I, honestly, I'm not a huge Rob Zombie uh, uh, fan in terms of his directorial output. Same. But he, he does have a lot of very interesting casting. And that's one of the pleasures of watching his movies, that you just never know who's going to show up. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Brad, what do you think of uh, Michael Berryman's performance in this movie? I think he's having a lot of fun, right? You know, uh, he, he's not just the secondhand goon. He, you know, he, there, as you were saying, there's a little bit of complexity to his character. And uh, he, I don't know if he necessarily has a turn at the end, but he comes close to having mm. a turn at the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in fact, I think you could make a case that he does a full-blown turn, though then he kind of turns back and then he turns again. And he is right. involved in the ending that we're all incredibly confused about, which we'll get to in uh, in just a little bit. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting performance. I was actually a little surprised at how good he was. Uh, I think I maybe I underrated Michael Berryman as an actor. There's some scenes where it's just him and Eric Roberts interacting, and those are really, like, they're fine well-acted scenes, certainly compared to some of the supporting actors and actresses in this movie who maybe uh, don't have as much experience. Liam, do you have any favorite Michael Berryman roles, and how did you think he was in this movie? Hmm. I mean, it's hard for me... (laughs) No, I mean, it's hard for me to think past um, The Hills Have Eyes. It's so iconic in so many ways. Um, uh, In this movie, I I thought he was actually kind of fun. He... uh, (laughs) It's not like a – there's not much to the role. I mean he spends a lot of the time just abducting people in the dark. But I like the ways that uh, – there's a moment where he's hit someone and killed them. And uh, I guess Eric Roberts' character needs them alive or, or maybe he doesn't. It's not really clear. <laughs> that, that's um, a question yeah. I need – I'm going to need to ask both of you. What the heck? But the, but, but the point is the next person, he's just really nice to them to get them to come. Yeah. And there's something about that that was really cool. I don't know. I, I thought he was pretty good in the movie. He's, he's kind of – he has an endearing quality about him and maybe it's simply because we've seen him in so many other things and we know – that uh, he has like that unique look, but you know, in this movie, his unique look isn't really played for terror or laughs. It's he's just you know, really, he could be anybody in that role. So I kind of like how this movie kind of uses him. Uh, but let's go back to that point that you made. All of these unfortunate organ donors are <laughs> melted with acid, <laughs> as as sometimes happens. And as I mentioned, they have to collect these uh, th- these uh, party goers throughout the night. At first, Michael Berryman accidentally kills one of them and brings her body into Eric Roberts, and he seems to say, no, we need them alive. However, for the rest of the movie, he basically just kills all of them, even in times when it seems like it would be very easy not to kill them. So I'm a little confused by that. Brad, can you shed some light on what the fuck was going on in this movie? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Not at all. Um, yeah, because... Uh, yeah, they they just they just need their parts, right? They don't need to like hold them for later, right? They're they're not leftovers. They they need the they need the guts now. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, they literally need all these organs, including things like kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right now, uh, it's it it is a little confusing about like say what organs are needed, why they're exactly needed, why you need so many different people when it looks like it's only the amount of organs that would fit into a small cooler that doesn't even necessarily seem to have ice in it. Uh, it, it is a little confusing about what's going on. I also feel like their method of capturing these people is a little slipshod considering that these are uh, a group, these party goers have no reason to distrust them from the beginning. There's no reason to stalk them necessarily. Uh, Liam mentioned that Michael Berryman has that nice scene where he's basically trying to get on the good side before killing this guy. I feel like they could have just used that method to lure them all somewhere and easily kill them if they needed to. I feel like that, that 
Yeah, please. How 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 large is this self storage? Now place? that is a great question because it does seem like at some point we're supposed to think that it's like miles and miles long. As I said before, people are screaming their heads off outside, and there's other party goers who don't seem to hear it at all. It's not like they're playing music or anything like that. Right. For all intents and purposes, they should be able to be here. Especially if it's supposed to be like a big wide open area. I'm not really sure why they have so much trouble hearing each other. Yeah, Brad, very, explain very it. Explain it to me, please. I, I, you know, I, all I can sit, think of is that it's a massive campus. Yeah. And even though the partygoers seem to be contained to one box, uh, when they leave that box, they are running miles. You also would think that it'd be very easy to get away and hide in a place where, which has, I guess, like hundreds of storage units, and you have the keys to them. Like, there's—I don't even think there's that much danger. Even in that scene, when later on you find out that uh, our lead character has been storing a bunch of different weapons, uh, I didn't get to say what my favorite and least favorite parts of this movie are, but I will say one favorite thing in this movie, which I actually liked quite a bit. I didn't love it or anything along those lines, but I thought a good—I had a good time with it. It was certainly inoffensive. It has some decent violence and some good performances. But there is a part where our lead character. Character, uh, has connected with a uh, woman that he apparently yes. has had a crush on for a long time and he shows her a little secret that he has and you're like curious as an audience like what kind of secret is this uh, some sort of Fifty Shades of Grey stuff no it's not at all he actually has a full laser tag set <laughs> <laughs> And he just wants to play laser tag. And I have to say, I thought that that was not only clever, but also pretty funny. And uh, also laid to him to almost immediately getting laid, which, you know, yeah. good on him. Laser tag, getting laid. What did you think of that, Liam? It was charming. Um, I will say, I think <clears throat> I think the character is actually his ex. Like, he's getting ex, back right. together with her. And so there was something there like... Maybe this was something they shared, which I kind of like that it, it was a little more, I wouldn't go so far as to say depth, but it, it gave a little more texture to their interaction that I, I appreciated that. It was certainly, it's they're the only two characters that I particularly liked, which I guess makes sense since they're sort of the lead, at least the lead good guys in the movie. But uh, I want you, uh, Brad, starting with you, I want you to rank the partygoers in terms of best to least. All the good guys in this movie, I would like for you to rank them. Well, I mean, to start at the bottom, I think yes. you have to go with Freddy. I mean, he's a he's a atrocious. Not um, Freddy. Not Freddy. Is it Freddy? I don't think it's Freddy. It, I think it's Doc. Uh, is it Doc? Is that right, Liam? Doc. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, David Gear. David Gear. Not not to be confused with Richard Gear. Right, right. Yeah, he's 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 my least favorite. That's easy. Uh, um, and you know, both of the the women that fall prey to him. Mm-hmm. I would go right after that. Fair enough. Um, are, and are we including the the main villains? No, only the good no, guys. Okay. Only, the, only the good guys. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, Sarah Marie and uh, then our, fa- our uh, Tom DiNucci there. Oh, but you're I, forgetting. Who did I miss? The, did I miss? You're forgetting the two losers. The two losers, oh, including yeah, the guy who vomits. The pukers, man. I don't want to deal with those pukers. <laughs> so... There's this party that, for some reason, they drag along these two zeros uh, who are played as uh, sexless losers who come to this place, to this self-storage unit. And at one point, they both take their shirts off, uh, and one of the guys has a lot of tattoos. What do you think of those tattoos, Liam? Whatever. Whatever. Uh, and uh, th- a lot of humor is uh, then let because uh, let out because one of them vomits because he's uh, drank a little too much, while the other watches uh, one of the women have sex with uh, Doc and masturbates while watching it. And we get to watch his face while he's masturbating to watching someone else have sex. He seems very into it. He mentions his, uh, his – he said it's like live – real-life live porn is what he says. He uh, he has a good time uh, masturbating. And he, he is the guy who gets his kneecap uh, – pulled out and in a very funny moment eric roberts says ah he feel, he made a mistake he was supposed to take the other kneecap but that's okay and uh and we also get to see his guts fall out a little bit later so of those two brad the vomit guy and the masturbating guy which was your favorite uh i guess i preferred the masturbating guy because the uh-huh. main vomiting guy was just vomiting i can't i can't deal with vomiting man that's a good point same question over to you, Liam. Rank them, in this case, favorite to least favorite. I know. I know. It's like Sophie's Choice. I didn't really like any of them. 
No, <laughs> you're just you're just being your usual kind of dickish, annoying self, Liam. What dickish? You, no, whatever. <laughs> you liked him. You like? What about uh, Jake's girlfriend? She seemed really nice. She liked playing laser tag. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, okay, our main folks, Jake and his uh, ex, who becomes his friend, whatever, they're fine, I guess. Um, everyone else is annoying. And, uh, I mean, okay, so the the dorks are not annoying until, yeah, the one guy starts puking, which is disgusting, and the other Whoa. dude's jerking off, like... <laughs> It's so gross. And, we should and, mention, by the way, that while he's jerking off, he actually has puke on himself because his friend pukes all over the side of his face immediately before he masturbates. Yeah. Yep. Remember that? Remember that vomit? Let's talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I see yeah, well, what you're trying that, to that say. That whole party game that they had, right? The, it was it was all building to this puke moment. It was, you know, uh, and um, God, what the hell did they call it? Uh, sh- it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. Really, <laughs> is well, yeah. It ultimately, is is uh, revolting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it feels like there's a ticking clock in their stomachs, and I'm waiting the entire time. And as somebody who's repulsed by that, that was the greatest fear of this entire movie. Well, but then fear, it goes off. Your fear was confirmed. So this was a very effective horror movie for you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the ending of the movie. We've already referred to it slightly. So. Uh, at one point, most of the partygoers have been killed. All that are left are uh, Jake and his girlfriend. Uh, she's alive but has been captured by Eric Roberts. Um, they get into uh, – Jake and, <laughs> and Michael Berryman have a uh, encounter. Michael Berryman steps in a bear trap and also gets an arrow stuck into his leg. And uh, because he has been captured by Jake, Jake gets into the secret area where they're doing the surgery – that's when they have, again, the climactic encounter between Jake and Eric Roberts' character. What happens there, Liam? Uh, Jake finds a flare gun, right? Yes, he has a flare gun. He shoots a flare gun at Eric Roberts at the first time and misses him by a mile. I believe he shoots it at Michael Berryman and misses him. Oh, you're right, 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 right. He shoots it at Michael Berryman. And, well, again, how did Michael Berryman get out of the uh, – I'm already confused. All how right. did he get out of the bear trap? I think he just released himself. For, he, like, pried it open with his uh, his stick. Oh, yeah, that's how bear, bear traps work, so that makes sense. <laughs> Michael Berryman then kills the character that you like least immediately after that. But uh, – and – uh, an arrow has been shot into the body of the uh, masturbating guy. Uh, Jake takes that arrow out of his body and shoves it into the leg of Michael Berryman. And that's how um, Michael Berryman briefly becomes sympathetic. And they both go in to encounter Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts stabs Michael Berryman several times after he tries to tell him to stop. And then we have Jake and uh, and Eric Roberts have a big standoff. Eric Roberts has a gun pointed to the girlfriend of Jake. Jake has a flare gun pointed at Eric Roberts. It's the classic Mexican standoff. And what happens, Liam? Um, Eric Roberts runs away. Eric Roberts does run away. I guess a <laughs> slow-mo toss of his phone. He throws. Ducks. He offers Jake a, uh, a deal. He says that someone is going to call on the phone. And if he answers it... I guess that'll be okay. And like he'll be part I guess he'll be like cut in on what's going on. But so he Eric Roberts throws the phone even though Eric Roberts has really all the power because a gun pointed at his girlfriend's head, at girlfriend's head and a gun in general that he has in his hand seems to be a lot more powerful than a flare gun, but instead of like, you know, using that advantage, he throws the, the phone, runs out the door, and he's gone from the rest of the movie. And it was very very confusing. And I still am a little confused, even just talking about it like that. So that's followed up by uh, Jake taking the organs and uh, meeting up with the gangsters led by Jonathan Silverman. He does a handoff. Someone looks through it. I guess they have all the organs that they need. Gives him a big sack full of money. Then Jonathan Silverman murders all of his own men for reasons that I am not entirely clear on, except I guess he wants all of the money. Uh, And then... Jake and his girlfriend, they go on his boat and they live happily ever after with a bunch of uh, cash. Brad, what did you think of this ending? Well, also, you know, she has like a 
a scar near her kidney. So did she yes. get her kidney taken out? The suggestion is before she was rescued, she had already had her kidney taken out. This also begs the question of why doesn't Eric Roberts just, you know, if there's a bunch of organs that he can take out without killing the people, then why doesn't he just do that? But yeah, there is a suggestion that her kidney was uh, was removed at the so end because we do see the So was scar. she stitched up by Jake or by Eric Roberts? Oh, that's a great question because why the fuck would he stitch her back up again? And also, why doesn't he just kill her and then take her organs? Right. Why did he leave her alive? A lot of confusing questions. Liam, do you have any, well, it, uh, it any was, answers? It was revealed too, like the the way that they revealed it was like a stinger. You know, it was like yeah. a, like you're supposed to be like, oh man, and it it had no significance. Again, I said this off mic. I'll I'll go ahead and say it on the recording. I was convinced I had fallen asleep for a large <laughs> section of the ending because it ends. And it doesn't make any sense. And I thought, you know, I'm kind of tired. I've been nodding off. I must have missed something. But no, I caught it all. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's talk about Eric Roberts. But before we do, I want to mention one other thing that I didn't like about the movie. I don't want to seem too negative. Again, I did think that some of the interactions were pretty amusing. And uh, when we talk about Eric Roberts, we'll talk about the thing I liked most about this movie. But I do want to say the soundtrack to this movie is really, really bad. Like, the songs in it that play are... They feel... Like, this movie's from 2013, but they're so... It might also be because we were watching this on Amazon Prime and I had the subtitles on, and they had the lyrics of the songs that were being sung. But did anyone notice that the music was bad, Liam? I know that you love music. You're a big punk, and... Um... <laughs> so, did you have any thoughts on the music in the movie? It was bad. Is bad, Brad? Do you agree? I know that you have yeah. slightly different musical feelings than uh, Liam does. Is bad, definitely, and you know a lot of scratches going on on that soundtrack. It's uh, yeah, it was yeah. something. It was a wiggity whack. That's what I would say. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to Eric Roberts, the actor. He plays the lead villain. I mean, he is definitely the lead villain in this movie. And thankfully, I was expecting that Eric Roberts was. As in a lot of the horror movies that we cover on this show, would be very limited in his role. But really, there is quite a bit of Eric Roberts content, including some uh, some lengthy dialogue scenes. We get to see him be kind of funny and sarcastic. He's wearing those round glasses that I know that he likes to wear in real life. Uh, so it kind of feels like Eric just stepped off the street right into the role. Starting with our guest, Brad Gullickson. Brad, what did you think mm. of Eric Roberts in Self Storage? I really enjoyed him. Uh, I, 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 you know, the film opens up and uh, it's a, a complete, you know, a black silhouette of him where right. he's talking about police grade zip ties. Yeah. Uh, but you can't, you can tell by his voice that it's Eric Roberts, but they don't explicitly say it's him. So for like the first, I don't know, 15 minutes of the movie, you're trying to figure out if this is supposed to be a mystery that's going to reveal who the serial killer is. I was worried it was going to be a mystery because I'd be like, I know that's Eric Roberts. Yes, that's right. (laughs) And, and, you know, I think every moment he's on screen, and and in particular, every moment he and Michael Berryman share a scene together, the film excels. There's that, that one sequence after, I think it's after the acid bath accident, where Berryman and Roberts are sitting on a rooftop together, yes. looking down on the self storage. Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was like genuinely sweet for a couple of psychopaths. There is the suggestion that they just want to get this done so then they can retire and never necessarily do crimes or, you know, rob people's organs again. So, I mean, there's, I guess, there's nothing noble necessarily, but their relationship does have kind of a sweetness to it that I really kind of appreciated. Let's see if Liam. Felt the same way. Liam, what did you think of Eric Roberts in this movie? I thought he was really good. I mean, I I don't love the way his character is written in that um, the movie does suggest, as you sort of already said, that, uh, you know, we just kind of get through this one job and then we'll retire. But it also suggests, like, he really enjoys what he does, you know? Like, he really takes pleasure in it. And so that adds, like, a psychopath angle that's kind of like, well, why would he stop? Like, in other words, he's not doing it for the money. So then why would he stop doing it? So that that I didn't like about the character. (laughs) 
but his performance of that character still I thought was pretty good and had some like kind of classic Eric Roberts elements to it. So I appreciated it. <laughs> I was just reminded that right before Michael Berryman is killed, him and Eric Roberts are shouting at each other about how war is either useful or useless. And it's this, you know, it's a it's a sincere, I think, anti-war message that's supposed to be made there, but it kind of feels a little hackneyed when you got these two guys screaming at each other. One of them is Robin Organs, the other one is Michael Berryman. But uh but yeah, no, I mean I think that Eric Roberts does a lot with this role and certainly more than I was expecting actually by a significant amount part of it is because of what you said Liam that he he genuinely seems to enjoy the torture aspect of what he's doing but that does lead to a little bit of fun interplay uh like with the masturbating guy he he with what I mentioned before with the kneecap and thing like that he actually plays those moments I think really well Early in the movie, there's a uh, him and Jake have like a talk because he's caught Jake kind of basically goofing off and drinking and stuff when he's supposed to be working. And that's before it's really revealed that Eric Roberts is kind of this evil psychopath. And he plays, you know, kind of the normal scenes really nicely. And uh, as it moves more into the horror aspect, I feel like the 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 best and worst parts of this movie are exemplified in the final 45 minutes. All the worst characters are at their worst, but also all the fun aspects of it are, are kind of more fun as well. Um, <laughs> my favorite part of that is when Jake uh, is checking out the electric fence, ends up getting blown across. <laughs> he gets almost electrocuted by it. And it's the only thing he says is, yeah, don't touch the fence. I thought that was amusing. But no, Eric Roberts, I, yes, please. Well, and, and smoke comes out of his mouth. And smoke speak. comes out of his mouth. That's very good. So a nice little detail there. So I think, you know, w- whatever you might think of this movie overall, it's, it's fairly generic uh, in terms of, of the horror content. It really doesn't actually have a lot of horror to it outside of some uh, some gore scenes of organs being taken out and things like that. And uh, and an unlucky uh, woman in a porta potty who gets a high heel shoe somehow uh, embedded in her skull. <laughs> But uh, but aside from that, you know, it, it really what I will remember about this movie is that Tom Danucci got some really kind of quality performances out of Michael Berryman, Eric Roberts and Jonathan Silverman as a coke snorting, uh, crazy uh, bad guy who kills all of his own men for some reason. I think that Eric Roberts uh, quits himself quite well. But that brings us to the theme of the show, the very the very title of the show itself in self storage from the year 2013 is Eric Roberts. The fucking man. Let's start with Brad Gullicks and Brad, the fucking man. Yes, he's definitely the fucking man. Definitely. I, I like these these strong affirmatives. Liam, will you give us a strong affirmative? Is Eric Roberts the fucking man? Definitely. I will agree with the both of you. In 2013's Self Storage, Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Uh, this is available to watch if you are in the United States of America on Amazon Prime at the time we're recording this uh, for free. So you can check out Self Storage. Uh, if you do watch it, why don't you pop over to uh, Twitter and at E-R-I-T-F-M and tell us what you thought. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's at least worth your time if you're an Eric Roberts fan or a Michael Berryman fan. Uh, some of it is a little trying, I must say, and some of the characters are a bit irritating. And as we mentioned, the plot doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But... You might be able to wring some fun out of it. I certainly did. We're going to take our final break. When we return, uh, we're going to talk to Brad, and we're going to do a little plugging, and then we're going to say goodnight. Some say that's where magic on this wasted piece of land forever Years into the future, I'll sing a path into a 
And that was episode number 70 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give a huge thank you to our guest today, Brad Gullickson, who took time out of his very busy schedule to talk to us about 2013's self-storage. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm a big fan of Brad's interviews and his writing and his podcast. Uh, It was a thrill to be able to spend a little time with you, Brad. What do you have on the go and where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me every day at Film School Rejects, and you can find me Mondays and Fridays uh, on the In the Mouth of Darkness podcast. It's on, you know, uh, iTunes and Podbean and all, all, all the hip places. And you're also on the Twitter, I understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twitter. I do that. You can find me uh, <laughs> at Mouth Dork on Twitter eagerly awaiting a self-storage part two, because I got to know what happens to Eric Roberts' character. Time to, to the follow-up. If you're if you're listening... Uh, uh, wait, let me get his name again. If you're listening, Tom Tanucci, we want to follow up to self-storage with uh, Eric Roberts in the lead. We're all waiting patiently. And of course, we will uh, link to both uh, In the Mouth of Darkness and uh, the work and uh, Twitter feed of Brad in the show yeah. notes. Liam O'Donnell. Yeah. Cinepunks... What's been going on? I understand that you're making a lot of people very upset because you have some negative feelings on the movie Dark City that, boy, I've, all I've heard today are people talking about how much Liam sucks and how he doesn't know what he's talking about. Can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> I don't think it's gotten quite that response. but uh, In yeah, my crowd, it has. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we did an episode talking about the movie because it's been 20 years and, uh, you know, I just didn't like it as much as I thought I would from when I, you know, when I was a kid, I really liked it. And now I'm not so much. And, uh, you know, whatever. It's it's not bad. Uh, I don't trash the film. I just pointed out a couple of things I didn't love about it. But I guess when people really love something, they don't want to hear the truth. So, so <laughs> be it. I hear, Liam, that if you love something, you should set it free. Do you agree or disagree? Um, Sure. So does that mean that you will... Uh, release custody of your child, Maeve, to me. <laughs> uh, that, I wouldn't consider that freedom. I will raise her as my own. Any thoughts? <laughs> uh, people should go to cinepunks.com. And they can follow you on Twitter as well, Liam, at Liam Rules. That's R-U-L-Z on Twitter. They don't want to do that. They do, because sometimes you retweet the things that I post. No, I try not to. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. If you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man, you should follow that on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M or go over to ericrobertsistheman.com. You can check out all of our older episodes. Hey, why don't you go on iTunes and leave us a review? We'd appreciate it very much indeed. There's also a Facebook group. Just do a search for Eric Roberts is the man over on Facebook. Uh, you can check out my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, over at nobudgetpodcast.com. It's on a slight hiatus, as my uh, co-host Mo Porn is getting some internet issues worked out. Uh, and I also uh, recently guested on the Theme Warriors podcast, where we were looking at the theme of um, movies that were remade with a uh, mostly black cast. And uh, I have a rant on that where I talk about the Eddie Murphy starring Nutty Professor movie, which uh, almost made me have a coronary as I was doing it. Did not much enjoy that movie, spoiler alert, but I do think that was a fun podcast, so why don't you check that out? Just look for Theme Warriors on Google. But with that said, the last thing I want to mention, Liam, is that you should follow Eric Roberts on Twitter. He's there at Eric Roberts. We're a big fan of his, aren't we, Liam? We sure are. Brad, what do you think of uh, Eric Roberts? Say it in two words. Great man. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But with that said, we need to close up the Eric Roberts bag for another week. uh, For another week. Sorry, let me start it again. All that said, we need to close up the Eric Roberts bag for another week. We'll be back in just a little bit with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man If there's anything that you can do Eric Roberts fucking can